Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's show, in our Chiefs Wire roundtable, Mitch Carney, Talon Graff, and myself look forward to Sunday's matchup against the Carolina Panthers and hopes heading into the bye. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire managing editor, Charles Goldman. What was your biggest takeaway from last Sunday's win versus the Jets? You know, it's hard to take much away from a game against the worst team in the NFL. And trust me, the Jets are the worst team in the league. But uh, I'll try. I'll try. I, I think it's just really reiterating, I guess, how I felt after the game last week, which is that this team is extremely dangerous when they're all playing their best football. Mahomes had a legendary game against the Jets, as he should against a team like that. The defense basically pitched a shutout, allowing no touchdowns on the day. I think it was, what, three three field goals? And uh, special teams also came to play. They had a blocked field goal, and then they executed that fake punt, that great fake punt. Mahomes, I feel like he really put it best after the game. He He told reporters, he said that, we have a team that can go and get whatever we want to go get. And, and that really, that stuck with me because, you know, if the Chiefs need a play on special teams, they go get it. If they need a big stop on defense in the run game, they go get it. If they need a turnover on defense, they go get it. Uh, in the run game, on offense, they need to pick up a, a, a first down. Well, okay, this last game they they missed they they missed the fourth down play. But in, in the run game, they're they're improving there. They can go get it. In the pass game, obviously, you got Mahomes. You have all these weapons. They can go get it. They have this great combination of let's say willpower and personnel to just make things happen. And I think that that's just really important for this team moving forward because there are going to be games where the run games get shut down, kind of like it did against the Jets. There are going to be games where people try to take the passing game away from Patrick Mahomes. There are going to be games where the defense is going to get outclassed in the run game or where they're going to have to match up against receivers that are extremely talented. So... There are going to be these games where where they're not going to necessarily get what they want in one area, but they can go and get something else in one of those other areas. And and that can be the difference between a win or a loss for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Do you believe Le'Veon Bell will play a more significant role as the season progresses? I really don't see a path to him playing much more of a significant role than what he currently has carved out for himself. Unless, of course, Clyde Edwards-Elaire were to get injured, and obviously no one wants to see that happen. I think maybe we'll see a game or two where the sun shines on Bell a bit more than it has so far. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing or it'll equate to, to Bell having a quote-unquote more significant role. It's just... Having another back who can come in and spell Clyde is important. It's a very long season, and you want to keep him fresh or as fresh as possible moving forward. And uh, Bell is someone who's explosive in the run game and the pass game. He's a good complement to what Edwards Elaire already has to offer. So I think he'll be vital to a few of these wins moving forward. I mean, we saw it last year a little bit with uh, Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. To an extent, to an extent. I mean, there were weeks where where Shady was the guy, and then there were weeks where Williams was the guy, and I think we're going to kind of see that a little bit more moving forward this season. 
you might have, you know, maybe Clyde's hurting after a game or maybe Bell's hurting after a game. So so one guy will get more opportunities and get going and then Reed will sort of ride that, that hot hand, so to speak. Um, and, and I think that, that Bell's presence, it really upped the competition in that room a little bit more. I think that maybe... Edwards Elaire was getting a, a little bit complacent. I think that maybe Williams was getting a bit complacent. I think that maybe even Darwin Thompson was getting a bit complacent. So now you have a, a new guy coming in and it kind of jump starts the comp- competition, the competitive streak among these guys in the room. And I mean, you even saw it a little bit with, with Darrell Williams last week. He he comes in to the game and makes a play in the passing game. So I, I think that sort of caught everyone a little bit by surprise, but but you have a guy like Bell who comes in. He's a talented player. I mean, uh, uh, was once a elite back in this league, and that kind of lights a fire under everyone in that room to say, hey, you know, I need to make sure that I'm doing my best so that this guy doesn't come in here and take my job. So I, I think we'll see more of that moving forward, more of that competition. And, and yeah, maybe Bell will have a, a, a good game or two along the way. Are you surprised by the substantial contributions from least talked about receivers Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle during the absence of Sammy Watkins? You know, let's not forget about Miko Hardman too here. I know he's a little bit more talked about than those guys, but he's really come on the past two games and, and flashed that same type of explosion that we kind of saw in his rookie season. So uh, that that's important because, you know, there were there were some talks and some concerns about him early in the year. But all in all, I mean, it really doesn't surprise me to see guys like Robinson and Pringle stepping up because we sort of saw it happen last year when Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins were both injured early on in the 2019 season. So uh, every week they, they had like a new guy kind of stepping up and having a big game. I mean, Robinson, that second game, he went off, I think, 172 yards and, and two touchdowns against the Raiders in week two. I think he had just a crazy performance. Then Hardman uh, had a huge game against the Ravens the following week. I think it was two receptions, 97 yards, and a, and a long touchdown. Pringle had a 100-yard game last season against the Colts. Everyone forgets about that one, but, uh, you know, he, he he really went off in that game. Uh, it obviously was a loss for the Chiefs, but, I mean, still a great performance by, you know, a guy who hadn't really done much up to that point in his career. So uh, this team's always finding a way. Um, and, and they're, they're always having, you know, one of these guys kind of step up, they find kind of the matchups, uh, on offense that they can exploit and, and Pat gets the ball to those guys. And, you know, it can be any, any one of them, any, any given week. And that's true. Even when Sammy Watkins gets back in the lineup, it it doesn't necessarily mean that, that him and, and, um, and Tyree Kill are going to come back and, and be the, the number one, number two guys. I mean, I think you're still going to see some other guys mixed in there pretty often. And I, I think that that it, it's going to be true if they try to shut down guys like Tyree Kill, guys like Sammy Watkins, guys like Travis Kelsey, that Mahomes is going to look to those, you know, third and, and fourth receiver matchups and be like, OK, hey, you're you're playing against a guy who may not be the best guy on that defense. I might be able to use that to my advantage, find some matchups that are that are favorable and get them the football. Which part of the Panthers team should be a point of concern on Sunday? Well, I think one that, that you didn't even mention there actually is going to be the most interesting thing to watch, and that is the coaching. Um, Matt Rule is a first-year NFL head coach, 
but Andy Reid isn't exactly unfamiliar with him. Chiefs outside linebacker coach Britt Reid, Andy's son, actually worked as an offensive assistant for Rule when he was the head coach at Temple out there uh, in Philadelphia. So I think Britt actually, Andy told this story during his press conference the other day. Britt wanted Andy to hire Rule back when he had first joined the Chiefs, when, when Andy first became the head coach of the Chiefs. So, I mean, there's obviously a, a mutual respect between Britt and Andy and, and Rule there. So I think that dynamic is going to be really interesting, you know, because you know, obviously uh, Andy Reid has, has played a lot of first-time NFL coaches and they haven't had a lot of success against him. We've seen him kind of coach circles around these guys before. Really the only glaring loss in that regard that I can think of is like Sean McVay with the Rams in 2018. Uh, that was kind of – I think he was – a second year coach then, but still it was like his first time playing against Andy. And, um, but, but still, I mean, he, Andy's one of the winningest coaches in NFL history. So this is a thing where you're thinking like, okay, he's got to give him like this welcome to the NFL type moment. But, um, beyond coaching, I, I guess a non coaching spot that I'm looking at is the Panthers running game. They get Christian McCaffrey back this week. He was a full participant in practice. He's probably coming off of injured reserve and going to play in this game. And um, he's one of, if not the best running back in the National Football League right now. And the Chiefs aren't exactly the greatest team in the league when it comes to stopping the running game. They want to be better there. Trust me, they want to be better. And they've made an emphasis of wanting to get better but it just hasn't happened. They've allowed the fourth most rushing yards through the halfway point of the season. So if they let McCaffrey get big chunks on the ground, man, I, I, that's just going to be a, a long day for the defense and the offense is going to have to really carry the load in this game. And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, there's plenty of cool stuff on Chiefs Wire right now. Uh, we've got a bunch recapping the win over the Jets in week eight. We have uh, some some info out there about the trade deadline move by Brett Veach. Obviously, traded uh, running back DeAndre Washington to the Miami Dolphins. So um, we, we've got a little bit of info about that. We've got um, kind of where the Chiefs stand now with their 2021 draft picks after that trade. Uh, there's an article from from yesterday about Mahomes being written in for the presidential election. That that's pretty funny. Um, and then we also have our, our rookie half-season review out there, kind of our rookie report card, which uh, I, I don't know about you, Ed, but I'm I'm so stinking impressed with this rookie class and the work done by the front office staff to bring these guys to Kansas City. I just can't say enough about it. Just what a great job they did this year uh, to get these guys to, to KC. Um, they're making huge contributions through the halfway point of the season. And, and it's all throughout the the group. Really, the only ones, there are two that haven't really made big contributions yet, and that's Bo Pete Keys and Yazir Durant. But everybody else is making like big strides so far this season. And uh, it's just there, there's not not much bad you can say about this rookie class. Also, we've got some stuff previewing the upcoming tilt against the, against the Panthers. Uh, that's starting to come out, kind of roll out today and, and throughout the rest of the week. As always, we appreciate you guys reading the site and tuning into the podcast every week. Thank you so, so much. Go Chiefs. For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. 
Chiefs Wire podcast. We are back. It is that time. It is time for the Chiefs Wire roundtable. Mitch Carty, Talon Graf, Ahmed Easton Jr. We are talking about yet another Chiefs victory, which, I mean, if you listened to the show last week, I'm not surprised by. And I don't think anybody here is surprised by. But we're going to recap it probably for a couple of minutes. Um, guys, the Chiefs took care of business against the Jets. Can we get a, a quick takeaway, Mitch? Was there anything that surprised you from this game? No, not really. The Chiefs were just a better team. Um, you know, we kind of allowed the Jets to do kind of some stuff on offense in the first half, letting them get into field goal range. But for the most part, it was just clear that the Chiefs were the better team. Yeah, 100%. Just um, top to bottom, that was never going to be a Jets win. So um, I, I was very pleased to see the Chiefs handle business the way they did, and, and Patrick Mahomes absolutely went off, which was good to see. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a textbook, you know, I don't want to say a full-on beatdown because the Jets were trying to keep it competitive in the first half. And um, to their credit, I, I, I had kind of saw Chad Henney coming in maybe a little bit towards the middle of the third quarter. So the fact that we didn't get Chad, Chad Henney time until the fourth means that the Jets were kind of trying to hang in there. So that's the amount of credit I'm going to give that franchise right now. But uh, Chiefs win the game. They take care of business now. Uh, you're looking at a 7-1 record to start off, and you're heading into a game against the Carolina Panthers team that kind of gives you a bunch of different looks. They, you know, they started off a little shaky, obviously the whole situation with Christian McCaffrey. Now you have a team that, is a, that could be a threat. How do, you approach, how do you approach the Panthers now because of their situation, because of the possibilities, like I said, Christian McCaffrey's, you know, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Talon, I'm going to come back to you with this one. What are your thoughts on the Panthers at first glance? Yeah, you know, they could be a dangerous team here. This could be, you know, as they say, a trap game a little bit. They've played well. They've, they've run into a little bit of a buzz on the last three weeks. Um, but, yes, they, they've been out with CMC. But this is kind of the, the, the period of time where some teams can actually use this to utilize, uh, you know, a bad thing in, in Christian McCaffrey being out, but turn that into a, a big positive with your star player gone, you got a new coaching staff, you got a new quarterback, you got some new pieces uh, in that locker room. You know, they come into knowing Christian McCaffrey is the star, right? So they don't really have an opportunity to find out who they are or, or where they fit into this team because everything just leans on McCaffrey. Well, with McCaffrey gone, that team was forced to find out, okay, what do we do without him? And then you learn a lot about each other when you don't have your studs. So the new coaching staff now knows this team. Everybody kind of knows what they can contribute. And now it's like they're getting McCaffrey. Now you're just adding them to, to a unit that's already kind of uh, been, been gelling over the last few weeks. So now you're getting your stud back. So this could be a little bit of a, a worrisome week if the Chiefs don't, you know, handle this the right way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the uh, going into the season, the Panthers, like, were at least in my opinion, the Panthers were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Um, but they've actually surprised me so far. I think they're three and four where they're right around that record. And, uh, you know, so far they've been really impressive. You know, the stuff they're doing on offense is working. You know, they have some good defensive players. They're just not a playoff team yet. Um, you know, I think what they have working so far, they just need to kind of get a couple more pieces. But they're a good football team. They could win this game. The Chiefs don't come out to play. I still think the Chiefs are a better team, just like we were last week against the Jets. The Chiefs should win this game by a good margin but if they don't come out to play with how well the Panthers have been playing and just like how hard they 
with how hard they have been playing, they could come and win this game. Yeah, it's definitely a dangerous game, especially when you're about to head into a bye. You want to make sure you go into a bye on a winning note. And the team's been playing so well on um, both sides of the ball, even special teams, you've got to throw that in there. When you talk about, like, just breaking down Patrick Mahomes' performance against the Jets, and he, he almost had three different receivers with over 100 yards, and having the five touchdown passes, Sammy Watkins being out, seeing guys like McCole Hardman get more opportunities, um, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Byron Pringle, is it safe to say that the Chiefs probably don't need to rush back Watkins at all and just m- let him take his time even after the break? Mitch, I'm going to come to you on this. Yeah, definitely. Our offense is too good right now um, with Byron Pringle. Like, I love Byron Pringle. I'm really excited about him. Uh, Sammy Watkins is probably going to be gone next season, so this just gives these players more reps like McCall Hartman, like Byron Pringle, and Demarcus Robinson if we, did, if we decide to keep him. So it just gives them more reps, but and then with this, giving him another week to rest this week on top of the bye and kind of getting getting him in for this playoff push would be a huge help just to make sure he's healthy and ready to go because we do know how important Sammy Watkins will be, especially once the playoffs begin. So let's go ahead and give him rest. And I would say go ahead and give Mitchell Schwartz rest. I'm going to go ahead and loop him in here just because I feel like he's kind of a part of that discussion also. Just go ahead and give him this these couple weeks of rest uh, just to make sure they're ready for the playoff push and for the playoffs. Yeah, dude, 100% agree, uh, especially with shorts. Um, no need to rush him back. The way this line's playing, excellent. Very good point there. I, I love that you said that. Um, but, yeah, speaking of Watkins, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. As long as Hartman and Robinson continue to, to play at the level they've been playing at, they've really stepped up here in the last couple of games or so. Um, you know, with I'm okay with Watkins being absent still for a little bit if those guys continue. But – if this offense kind of starts to sputter, maybe that's where you start to lean on Bell and and and, and uh, Alaire a little bit. If, if the passing offense and the aerial attack isn't doing what you know what you're thinking, and you see drop passes, okay, let's lean on the run a little bit. Um, so you know that I, I think this offense is just so well rounded. I yeah, I, I'm okay with Sammy not coming back right away. It's uh, definitely not helping his cause to want to come back next season, but I think a lot of us expected that to be the case, and it's kind of being his. Uh, his farewell season with the Chiefs. But, you know, Sammy Watkins is an important player when you talk about the playoffs and what he did even in the Super Bowl last year that we can't forget about him. We can't take him for granted. And, uh, you know, I want to see him back in the lineup. I am excited to see how these guys are kind of making it work without him. But uh, w- one thing that I was a little concerned about in the game against the Jets, Le'Veon Bell, you know, it's been two games. So far, we really haven't seen a signature moment from him to say that, okay, I can see where he's a big help in this offense. Is that something maybe he's still learning the, you know, learning the playbook or we're just kind of just being a little too impatient? Maybe I'm being too impatient in regards to his progress. Mitch, what's your thoughts on this? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, Andy Reid's playbook is one of the hardest to learn in the NFL, so it's going to take him a little bit of time. I also think um, – I think I kind of agree with what Talon was talking about last week. I think Andy Reid wasn't going to give him a, too much, too many opportunities to make a big play. I was thinking he was thinking Andy Reid was going to let him kind of, you know, do whatever you want against the Jets. But I think, uh, you know, with what Talon said last week, hey, don't let him get too big of a head. Don't let him, you know, kind of take over this game and make some mistakes. Uh, Andy Reid just kind of kept him on the sideline, you know, just making sure he had his few opportunities, but didn't want it, didn't want to make this game all about him. Um, so I, I do think maybe after the bye week, 
uh, once Le'Veon Bell's had, you know, more time in the playbook, more time to learn, more time to get used in this offense, he is going to be more of a contributor. But I don't think it's going to, like, overshadow Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I still think Clyde's going to be our number one running back moving forward. But uh, Bell is going to make a good addition once he gets used to this playbook. Yeah, Bell's going to be that guy where <clears throat> down the stretch and we get in the playoffs and we have a fresh leg Le'Veon Bell, that's when he's going to be his most impactful. I think we are going to use him more and more as the weeks go on uh, as he gets more acclimated with Reed's system. But I do think eventually, like the rest of the regular season, we, he may not have that moment. He may not have, you know, a 150-yard day. I'm sure he's going to get a touchdown here and there uh, down the stretch. But I think when we get to the playoffs, that's when you really see Le'Veon Bell you know, that's why the Chiefs brought him in. No, I agree. Um, I'm, you know, I'm personally very impatient because I see a guy like Le'Veon Bell. I still think he's a top-tier running back, and I want to put a lot of blame on the, Ch- the not the Chiefs, but the uh, Jets playbook as to why he never really got going there. Um, seeing him with the Chiefs and knowing that he isn't the main option and still Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which is well-deserved, it's just – going to be an interesting uh, process for him, especially heading into the playoffs. Will his role increase? Will it be more for him? Uh, these are things that I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing how it all develops. But uh, just speaking of developing, can we talk about this defense? Uh, the Chiefs defense, obviously, going through the game against the Raiders, got exposed in the secondary. We've seen some improvements, but I think the story that really stuck out to me from this game with the Jets is uh, Javarius Ward openly saying that he's been struggling. Like, he's acknowledged that he's been struggling. And he had some moments against Denzel Mims, which weren't really too great. Mims is another uh, rookie wide receiver. I, I, I think I brought this up in the past, but should we be concerned that even Javarius Ward has realized that he is struggling right now with the cornerback position, especially knowing that the uh, trade deadline is coming past? Uh, Talon, what is your thoughts? I'm going to start with you. No, man, I'm I'm pleased to death to see him acknowledge that. You know, it's it's one of players saying, "Oh, you you know, kind of shrugging it off, not a big deal." That's what I that's what I don't like. But he's attacking this head on, saying, "Yeah, I need to get better. I need to I need to figure out what's going on. I need to correct myself." Um, that's huge, you know. And I play the player wants to get better. He wants to be that guy for the Chiefs secondary, and I I applaud that. I hope he puts in the work, and I hope he has the ability to do so. So right now he has the right mindset. Yes, he's struggling, but he knows he's struggling. So he knows he has to get better. So when you have that mindset of I have to get better, well, go get better. You know, so yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I think he will get better down the stretch. Yeah, I agree. And although he, I, he has been struggling, but I wouldn't consider him a liability yet. Um, it just seems like every game he has two or three bad plays. It's not like he's just getting killed every game. It's not like the offense is just picking on him and throwing three touchdowns on him. He just has a couple of bad plays every game. Um, You know, I think he can improve on it. I think he's going to be fine moving forward. He hasn't been a liability yet. Um, You know, if these struggles continue to happen, especially after the bye week going into the playoffs, and he still hasn't gotten this fixed by, uh, by the divisional round or wild card, depending on where we're playing, I'll start to be worried then. But for right now, I'm, I'm feeling okay about Jarvarius Ward. I think he'll get it turned around. And, uh, you know, he's still not a bad corner. I still think he's, you know, definitely top two on our team as of right now. Okay. I mean, like I said, you know, it's, it's something to, to just keep in mind. Uh, Jarvarius Ward is a guy that I feel like has a big upside. We talked about him in the preseason of what he can bring to this team. I, I just hope the second half of the year that he really takes it to another level. That's a – 
I think he's a um, uh, he's one of those players that you just want more from. But uh, it should be interesting to see moving forward. And another another big thing that um, not really a big thing, but it was something that was a concern heading into the game. Harrison Butker made all of his uh, point after attempts, so I guess we should be uh, we should be happy about this right now, considering the struggles that he was having the past couple of games. But uh, I just want to look at the entire special teams as a whole and the job that Dave Taub has done. Uh, Mitch, what are your thoughts on special teams and just the way that I feel like they've really put a spark in the team so far this season? Yeah, they've been impressive these last couple weeks. Uh, We've had that kickoff return. Uh, We had a blocked field goal last week, and we also had that really good uh, fake punt by Tommy Townsend last week. It's just been really impressive. Uh, I know the special teams kind of struggled, especially, especially very on and very early in the year. But now I feel like they're kind of getting their groove to kind of finding themselves. Um, you know, so I'm glad where they're at right now. And I feel like moving forward, they'll be fine. I wasn't really ever too worried about Harrison, Harrison Bucker. I know he was struggling, but I felt like, you know, with just having a new, having a new holder, there's just going to be some issues. Um, but I feel like they're going to get that. They're, they've got that fixed now and they should be fine for the rest of the year. Yeah, man. Uh, I am shocked as anybody else that Eric Bieniemy hadn't gotten a head coaching job, but I am even a little not more shocked, but I'm just as shocked that Dave Tobe isn't a head coach in the NFL. This guy has put together a special teams unit for the Chiefs year in year out. That's been impressive, and there's been a lot of moving parts to it. You know, it's not the same guy every year, and of course, recently Tyree Kill has helped that. But yeah, the special teams unit for the Chiefs ever since Tobe has got here has been you know ranked toward the top. So the job that they're doing now is you know should come as no surprise to any of us because that's just kind of been the standard around Kansas City um, in terms of special teams play. So, yeah, I love it. I love seeing the special teams aspect of it. I love seeing the, the defense come together. and I love seeing this – you know, the offense is spectacular, and obviously those are the headlines. But this is just a good team. Like, this is a really, really good football team. No, it definitely is. It's an uh, all-around team. And just the way that, like I said, you have special teams playing well, that's just – that's just what you need. You got reserves playing well and, and getting more time out there. You know, we get to see Chad Henney back-to-back weeks, and it's on the on the positive side. That's that's never a bad thing, seeing your backup quarterback get reps, your backup running backs get, get reps out there. Um, it's These are the things that you need in order to become a, a championship team. Obviously, this team's trying to repeat. It's all good things. So right now the focus are, is the Carolina Panthers. It, when you, when you, once again, you're going into this game, and I always like to pick out like our different wild cards and who's the who's the guy that we should be looking out for on the Chiefs. I feel like the decision now is so much harder because you're getting contributions from everybody. No one's really a surprise anymore. But uh, we're gonna take a shot at it. Talon, who is your wild card for the Chiefs heading into this game? I'm gonna go Bashad Breland. I think he's gonna have a big day defensively. He's probably gonna. I'm not going to say probably. I'm just going to go ahead and throw a dart at the wall and say he's going to get two picks. Um, and I think he's going to have a really big day for the secondary. He's going to be that driving force next week against Carolina. I'm going to go with uh, Tershawn Wharton. Uh, he had a big game last week. And, uh, you know, I've been really impressed with his play. Uh, we're going against Teddy Bridgewater, who's a little bit of a mobile quarterback. Uh, he can move around and do some stuff. And Tershawn Wharton's it's been a crazy good athlete. It seems like he's got some really good speed to keep up with these fast quarterbacks. So I like to see see him come out there and have a big game. Yeah. So you know, okay, those are those are definitely good choices. For me, 
only because I, I've been like just trying to push him. And I said it earlier. I think Le'Veon Bell. This is a good game also for him to just just really break out. And he needs something. He needs a um, a signature moment with this team because right now he just feels like any other running back. And when you get a guy like I said, like Le'Veon Bell, who's been an All Pro, who's been one of the top players in the um in the NFL for years, you want to see him have that breakout moment and show why he is a top running back still. So. I'm really hoping that it's Le'Veon Bell. The uh, Panthers' defense has been up and down. Um, they're not really the best at pressuring the quarterback, which is going to be something great for the offensive line. So I, I feel like the running game can come into play, especially since they do have problems at the line. And I, I think Le'Veon Bell, this is uh, this is the move for him right now. But uh, we know we shall see. It's going to be another one of those fun games, and. Because this is another home game for the Chiefs, and we really haven't addressed it that much with the uh, limited capacity, what do you guys think of the crowds that have been showing up to Arrowhead Stadium so far? Has it been what you expected, like, in terms of, like, when you watch it on TV and listening to it? Do you feel like it's the same atmosphere, even with the limited capacity? Mitch, what do you think? I mean, it's a little bit different. You can tell that it's not as loud or as, you know, bumping. But uh, I think for the most part, it's been pretty good. You know, people are still out there cheering. It's been fun to watch. I'm glad fans are able to be out there. Um, but I can just tell a little bit that the that the energy isn't there sometimes, especially last week against the Jets whenever it was a blowout. So that's the our last home game. And it was been our only home game in a while. So it just seems like they're just the energy just wasn't quite there. But uh, I'm expecting once playoffs come and we get that home game, it's going to be just as loud as it, as it's always been, even in a limited limited capacity, because Chiefs fans are just crazy and you know they're always yelling, just trying to get the uh, other team to mess up. Yeah, it's I'm I don't really know how to, how to feel about it to be honest with you. I mean, it's nice to see fans in there, and I know that you know Kansas City fans are so passionate and faithful. So I mean, it's good to see them. But then again, it's like it it just reminds you that they're you know. It's not a full stadium. It could have been so much. I don't know. It's. I have very mixed feelings on it, but I am. I'm very happy to see that there are some fans that are able to attend, and, and I've heard rumors that they're going to increase capacity or something. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but um, you know, yeah. I just, just kind of mixed feelings about it. I like it. You know, I like it. Um, I've I've given it some time because especially when you see other like limited capacity stadiums right now, and you're starting to see a little more open up. Um, outside of Miami, because I feel like Miami has no rules now. They can let in as many as they want, which is a whole interesting thing in itself. But um, I, I feel like it, it's been good. Uh, you know, you would love to see more during the playoffs, but I, I doubt it. And uh, it's, you know, we're still adjusting to the new normal until things change. I think this is, it's been pretty good for, you know, everybody that's listening that has gone to a game. I feel like the uh, commitment and the, the sound and everything, it may not be what you're used to, but it still feels like it's a home game for the Chiefs. And that's, that's really what matters at the end of the day. Um, another thing that I did want to touch on when it comes to this game, uh, the coaching matchup. You know, I, I'm curious to see what do you guys, how do you guys feel about Matt Rule? Do you feel like he has made that, that big adjustment to the uh, pro game, obviously coming from the college game and, you know, everything he's able to do there? Do you feel like he's really adjusted well here as the uh, head coach of the Panthers so far? Talent, I'm going to start with you since you are the coach. No, yeah, I've, I've been, you know, from what I've seen from Carolina, I've, I've been impressed with what he's been doing. Uh, shoot, I was impressed with what he did at Baylor. I mean, you can see what, you know, as just every, you know, 
his last two stops have been pretty impressive. So, um, you know, you come into a, to an NFL squad coming off of college and, you know, just not even very far into the season, you lose your star running back. So you have to, you know, kind of figure out what you're doing there. You don't have him to lean on anymore. Um, and, you know, and they've, they've been streaky. So they need to, they need to figure out what works and need to figure out what doesn't work. And I think that's kind of the, the phase they're going through here. They're kind of trying to weed out, okay, this works, okay, that doesn't work, this worked then, this, you know, because, um, you know, you lose your first two, then you win three, then you lose the next three. You know, you're obviously trying to try different things from weekend. So uh, you just got to find out what works and roll with it. And I, I do like Matt Rule. I think he's going to be a successful coach in, in the NFL. Yeah, I'm, I've been impressed with what he's done so far. I mean, he came into a, came into a team that didn't have a very good roster. Uh, so he's, you know, kind of rebuilding the Panthers right now. You get rid of Cam Newton. You get bring in Teddy Bridgewater. It's a completely different team than what it's been in the past. So he's kind of, you know, trying to figure out what works, just like what Talon said. Um, but I think we'll really find out how good of a coach he is next season or maybe two years from now. But I think right now he's been impressive, but we really won't be able to, you know, gauge it until a, a year or two. That's fair. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a tough situation for a brand new coach to come into a, uh, you know, a weird off season that we've been dealing with. And I feel like he's done a heck of a job. Um, you come in with a brand new quarterback, really, with Teddy Bridgewater. And you come in just having to reshape what this team was. You know, Ron Rivera had him with a different mindset. They had it different play schemes. You don't have Christian McCaffrey pretty much because of injuries. I think he's done um, a heck of a job. and. It is something to, you know, you, you got to give him his credit for that. So, obviously, he's going against the master in regards to uh, coaching right now and Andy Reid. So, uh, it's it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how he has his defense lining up against that offense and um, how many points the Chiefs actually do put up. But uh, speaking of points, let's, I think it's time for us to get into our predictions. So, uh, Talon, starting off with you, what is the score and who wins this game? Uh, man, yeah, you know, and, and the Panthers have – you know, they're three and five, but they've been in every single game they've played. And I think they're going to be in this one. I think this is going to be, you know, a tighter contest than what we've been used to the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to say 30 to 20 in favor of the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to go with a, a higher scoring game. I think the Chiefs uh, offense is going to keep rolling, uh, but the Panthers do have some things on offense working for them. So they'll get some points, but I got the Chiefs winning 34 to 23. Okay, 34-23, guys are keeping it sort of close. Um, you know, I'm going to stick around that, that same type of score, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning, and I'm going to say 35-21. You know, I think they're going to put up some points still. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be hot, uh, continue to be hot. And I just look at that Panthers team, and, and like I said, I like Robbie Anderson. I still think he's a very good um, receiver. I remember him – you know, when he was on the other team in New York with the Jets, uh, he was underutilized, and uh, I think he's getting used correctly with the Panthers. So I'm going to go with that 35 to uh, to 21, and we'll see what happens. But uh, once again, we have a Chiefs victory here, and by all accounts, they could be 8-1 and one heading into the break. I don't think that there's been a Chiefs team uh, this this hot before 8-1, and one, right? Is this the, Would this be the best record, do you guys know, in our franchise history to start? Well, they went – they went nine and zero and three, I think. In the, oh, it was nine and zero and three. Okay, you see, that's why I check with you guys to be sure. All right, I think, so I okay, think. I don't. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like this. Either way, it's a heck of a start, 
And it's just a, a reminder that they still have that championship mindset because a lot of teams probably coming off a Super Bowl win would kind of, you know, fall back a bit. But the way they put this, kept this team together, Brett Beach, Andy Reid, Eric Bietemi, the entire staff, uh, it is a testament to their motivation and how they really want to run it back and win another uh, title. So that's, uh, that's how I want to leave this part of the episode on. But, uh, guys, any final thoughts heading into the game against the Panthers? Uh, Mitch? Uh, should be an easy win. Hopefully the Chiefs come out to play. But as long as the Chiefs, you know, do their job, you know, play sound football, we should come out with another win. And going into this bye week would be 8-1 and one would be a really big help uh, for the playoffs. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this matchup. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what, what they look like on the field against each other. So um, I, I do think it's going to be a Chiefs victory, but I do think the Panthers are going to be able to do some stuff against the Chiefs. Just I, I think they're a good team. Um, you know, to, to the to the core of them. Yeah, looking forward to it. No, it definitely should be um, – it should be a good game. And once again, we'll see what the Chiefs do, if they can get it done. But until next time, for Mitch Carney, Talon Graff, I'm Ed Easton Jr. This has been the Chiefs Wire Roundtable. Enjoy the game on Sunday, guys. Now it's time for a look back at some of the sound from the press conferences this past week. Hey, Patrick. Um, it seems like a few times this year we, we've been talking to you about it, sort of accepting the fact that maybe the stats aren't always going to be there, whether it's the way defense, your defense is playing, whether other defenses are defending you. I, I guess just what did it feel like today to sort of be able to open up? And I know you don't check the stats all the time, but still to, to, to feel like you were having a big day out there pretty consistently. Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always fun to go out there and, and, and score touchdowns and do all that different type of stuff. But uh, we've kind of been saying it all year long is we have a lot of ways that we can beat teams. And uh, today they, they were doing a good job of kind of uh, stuffing up the run. And we, we were, took it to the air and, and threw the ball and, and made plays happen that way. And so um, now that uh, you kind of see it, that we can throw the ball on teams, we can run the ball on teams. And it's about taking what's there and finding the best way to win a football game. Let's go next to Dave Scretta. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Patrick, I was just curious what went into that uh, touchdown celebration with Tyreek, and it actually looked like you tried to to give him a ride on his first one also and, and maybe didn't make it quite as far. No, the first one, I was just trying to get him out of the stands. I mean, uh, I'm just – because uh, he went up there, and I, need, and I don't know the rules on that, but I know it's not probably the best thing to do. So I was trying to get him back down. And then uh, the uh, the second one, uh, it looked like he was a little dinged up. So, I mean, he, he made a great play on the ball, and I got him over there. And luckily, he ended up being fine. So uh, we're just having fun out there. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Patrick, this might be the last time we get you before Election Day on Tuesday. I know how much you have dedicated just – so getting people out and uh, making it eligible for them to use their vote, what would you say to them as we uh, round the final turn? Yeah, I would say just just finish the job. Go out there, vote, use your voice. Uh, no matter where you live, no matter who you're voting for, use your voice and, and do whatever you think is best for you, this country, and your family. Go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick, you've talked about how patient you've had to be this year. and But did you have a feeling after watching video of the Jets and, and knowing how Greg Williams plays defense that today was going to be the day that some things opened up down the field for you? 
Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that necessarily. Uh, I think he does a good job of stopping the run. I think if you watch uh, this entire season, they've done a good job usually of of getting their kind of cornerback cornerbacks and linebackers in there and and stopping the run. So I knew there would be some opportunities to me to make some throws. Um, and, and I thought the dudes did a good job of finding the open spaces and zones. And so uh, it's good to be able to do this, uh, have a game like this, uh, going into another great opponent next week, um, and kind of show that we can we can do multiple things, not not just one. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go Pete. Hey, Patrick, congrats on the win. Uh, Andy had mentioned that there were some RPOs built in today. It certainly felt like maybe there were more, and you had a tendency to throw a little bit more than you uh, were running today. Just what were you seeing out there? Yeah, just the uh, kind of the alignments of, of, of defenders. Uh, they, were, they were really focused on stopping the run, which they did a good job of doing. Uh, we have to obviously try to be better there. Um, but uh, they were coming down fast, and I, the guys were getting open in space, and I was putting it in their hands. And I think the, the biggest thing was he kept calling those plays. He kept giving me the option to do uh, run or, or throw the pass. And I think when you do that, it really puts a lot of stress on the, on the defense. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick, uh, five touchdown passes today. I'm just curious, which one was your favorite? Um, my favorite was probably the last one just because I got a check to it, and we've been working on that check for a while, and we got the look that we liked, and we were able to check and make the play happen. So that was, I would say that was that one or the, the underhand one. I mean, the underhand one's sweet, man. Every time I get that opportunity to do that, I, I, I take, try to take advantage. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Patrick, I'm just wondering if there's a different feel for you halfway through this season than in the two previous? And if so, what that feeling might be about yourself and how the team is playing right now? Yeah, I wouldn't say uh, a different feel. The thing to me that uh, that I've learned from in my experience is that we have the team that can go get whatever we want to get. Um, going into the last few seasons, you, you haven't won, you haven't had that Super Bowl championships. So you don't you don't know for sure. You think you do, but you don't know for sure. And I, I know that we have the players in this locker room, and now it's about the effort that we put in every single day and and the really grind of every single day, not taking anything for granted. Uh, that that that's what it's going to take. And I think uh, we have the leaders in this room to try to make a run at it. Let's go next to Matt, Derek. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick, I'm curious about your perspective from the sideline of the, the fake punt and also just how important was that to keeping that drive going? And also, what's your critique on the throwing skills of Tommy Townsend? No, I thought it was sweet, man. He ripped that thing. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't no like lollipop at all. I mean, he caught it and ripped it over there. So it was, it was pretty impressive. I actually didn't know it was happening. I was trying to go for it. And coach Reed was just, was, I should have known by the way he just kind of threw He said, oh, just go ahead. Like let this, the, he sent the special teams out there. And I was like, man, you're not going to even think about it. And I guess he already had things planned ahead. And I think Tobe does a great job. Uh, and he has for a very long time of, of having different tricks and, and different ways to execute at a high level for that special teams group. And, uh, it gave, us a, it gave us a chance to have another play, and we, we were able to score on it. It was a big point in the game. We've got time for three more. We'll go Sam, Todd, and then Vahe. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, um, Patrick, I, <laughs> I mean this with no disrespect to the Jets, right, but the, their record is what they are. Um, I, I'm just curious, do you judge yourself, do you judge the offense's performance a little bit differently uh, against this opponent than you would, you know, the Ravens or a team that you expect to see in January? I, I don't. I mean, uh, if you look at this defense and how they've played this year, I mean, they might not have won uh, any any games, but they they're in games and they're competing and they're and they're doing their they're doing their job. I mean, I mean, they're they're a team that has a lot of talented players. And uh, uh, we went out there and we had to execute at a high level. And you have to do that in this league. You can't take anyone for granted because uh, I mean, there's great football players in every single team that you're going to go up against. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, well, first off, Patrick, what's the 
that when Anthony Sherman caught the underhand pass, they said it was smoke sausage. Do you have a name for it when Travis catches it? It was called Stampede Right. Stampede Right. Very nice. And at this point, we're in November, right? And the Pittsburgh and, and Baltimore just played. Pittsburgh pulled it out. They're undefeated. Are you looking at the scoreboard? Are you scoreboard watching anything like that yet? And if you ever do that, when does that click in? Um, I mean, uh, I think uh, you can't do that. You have to focus on the opponent that you have every single week. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh, uh, they, they won their game and they're undefeated. Uh, they're a great football team. And so for us, uh, we just try to win as many games as possible. And if, if we win them all and we're 15 and one and they're 16 and oh, they deserve to be the number one seed. The last to Vahe Gregoria. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Patrick. Uh, I assume you've seen uh, Tommy throw before. So did you know he could, uh, he could dish it like that? And, and you know, just one other part about that play. It's 35 to nine, the final score, but, but do, do moments like that really make a difference even in a lopsided game like this in the end? Uh, 100%. Those moments, I mean, especially in the beginning parts of the games, uh, those are, those are huge moments in the game of getting the momentum in your favor and getting, getting things going and, and putting points on the board. I mean, that, that changes the whole entire game. Um, and so uh, obviously it was a big play and I've seen Tommy throw, but I mean, you, you never know until someone gets under pressure, how they're going to, how they're going to perform. And he did it. He's done a great job of, of, of punting the ball and a, and a great job of throwing it so far. For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time. Mm-hmm.